0: This morning, I'm uh, using a sermon from Pastor Don, but I'm also tweaking it to apply to Milagro. And she starts out about the glories of being a grandparent, and I think many of us can relate to that. Good news. Yesterday, I spent over an hour embracing our newest grandchild. Our granddaughter arrived into our corner of the cosmos on Wednesday morning. As I held this precious little humanoid in my arms, I couldn't help marveling at the billions and billions of years of development that led to the configuration of cells in which little Evelyn Adele's conscious self is now poised to be, without a doubt, of one of these planet's most dynamic, intelligent, beautiful, talented, compelling, loving, engaging, smart, and funny, did I say beautiful? We know how we feel about our grandchildren. She's gorgeous, just like all of our grandchildren. Of course, just like all of your grandchildren, just like each and one and every child that has been born. Little Evelyn has already won my heart. It's amazing how much love bursts forth when a tiny little humanoid appears in your life. Holding Evelyn is like holding the sun, the moon, and the stars in your arms. It is difficult not to burst with sheer joy at the realization that life is so much more intricate, complex, beautiful, and awesome than you can even begin to imagine. And yet there's a sadness in the tenderness of the sweet embrace because life is more intricate and complex than we can imagine the knowledge of all the risk, the danger, the sadness, and tragedy in creation. I couldn't help thinking of all the disappointed parents and grandparents whose hopes and dreams did not come to fruition. Then there's the tragedy and injustice of all the beautiful children whose lives are at risk because of poverty, injustice, hatred, violence, war, and indifference. The complexity and fragility of life seems so acute when you are holding a newborn. The mixture of emotions and the intensity of feeling is something that mere words cannot adequately describe. All of the parents and grandparents here know this, but if you had told me any of this a few years ago, I would have understood what you were saying, but I would have had precious little idea of what you were feeling. Being a grandparent is something I never thought possible for me, usually you have to have children before you can be a grandparent this is Pastor Don but thanks to the generosity of my beloved Carol's children I have been blessed to be a grandmother next to Carol herself I must say that being a grand is the best surprise I could have ever hoped for way back when I was discovering who I actually am I could not have imagined this but I will confess that the role of grandmother is not a role I ever imagined playing My image of myself is changing. My ideas about the future are morphing into something I barely recognize. My hopes and dreams are expanding. I could hardly wait to see what lies ahead. The future is calling me to follow wherever these glorious little humans may lead us. So this week, as I have been wondering about the future and what it holds for some very precious little ones, I have also had words of today's gospel reading floating in the corners of my mind as I try to figure out exactly what the good news is. This is the time of fulfillment. The reign of God is at hand. Change your hearts and your minds and believe the good news. Good news, evangelion, a Greek word which becomes English evangel, as to evangelize and evangelical. It is important for us to realize that Milagro is part of the Disciples of Christ Christian Church. To evangelize is to bring good news. I suspect that many members of the church are more than a little indifferent about the word evangelical with good cause. We may call ourselves evangelical, but what's in a name really? Well, thanks to some other churches' callous ways of being evangelical, the very word itself has fallen into dispute. Honestly, most of us would rather not be associated with the evangelicals. Good news hardly applies to the types of Christians who are willing to hit people over the head with their Bibles in order to judge and condemn them into the kind of shame and fear that sees the fires of hell being kindled with their very souls. That's really appealing, isn't it? Wouldn't you want to be part of that church? Besides, we're disciples by nature. We'd rather not push good news. We'd prefer to live our lives quietly as an example and hope that others will see something worth inquiring about that we can refer them to an appropriate book, speaker, or pastor so that their questions can be answered in a modest, open, kind way that may or may not lead them to any particular conclusion but will, of course, affirm that God's grace is sufficient. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. But we all know there are precious few people willing to be caught these days, and we church folk are woefully bad fishers. Surely there are plenty of fish in the sea, but the holes in our nets make casting into seas of busy, discerning modern populations seem futile. Those of us who are willing to bait a few hooks with a contemporary food for thought can't seem to snag enough fish to ensure our survival. So dwindling congregations and growing expenses have led us to cut back after cut back as we huddle together in the few remaining buildings that we can afford to maintain. Good news? Not really. Over and over again we are told, and so we tell each other and the, that the church is dying. It's not a particularly... It's not a particularly slow death we are told we so we tell one another that the few members that we do have Are aging and once they are dead the church will die, too The answer we are told and so we tell one another is to attract young people We need more young families. We need children. We need youth and vitality Unless we figure out how to attract young people the church shall die the only problem is We are not attractive to young people, and to date, our efforts to be hip, to get down with the program and move with the times has only exposed us for the aging frauds that we are when we try to be something that we're not. Whatever you say about the inexperience of the younger generation, they are smart enough to spot a fake or an imposter, and so our programs or our youth outreach or even some pub nights, movie nights, and yes, our contemporary worship has for the most part failed to produce the kind of results we need in order to survive. So some of us have turned on others as we compete for meager resources and clamor for attention from the generations missing from our pews. For the most part, churches that want to grow their numbers have become obsessed with trying to figure out what to do to bring in a younger crowd. Now, before I go any further, let me make it absolutely clear that I, too, believe we should go out of our way to be attractive to younger crowd. And there is a very big but here, so listen carefully. Despite what we've been hearing and what many of us have been saying for decades, the youth are not the future of the church. Look around right here. You see, silver-haired, aging populations of this planet are the future of the church. I will confess that I, too, have been fooled into believing that we really need to do is to ensure the future of the church is to bring in a younger crowd. But the real solution lies more in a reality to which many of us have been blind. Let me begin with the facts. Show of hands, how many here were born between 1946 and 1965 or before? Let's say that's quite a few of us. Congratulations. The vast majority of this con- congregation belongs to the generation of boomers, which in the U.S. continues to dominate demographics. The truth is that the population of Canada, the United States, and Europe is aging. The fastest growing part of our population is seniors. That percentage is rising quickly. By the year 2030, 23.6% of the population will be made up of senior citizens. By 2050, that number is set to rise to 31%. That's one-third. In case you're wondering, the statisticians insist that senior citizens are people who have reached the age of 60. The good news is that even after the current crop of seniors have long since shuffled off this mortal coil, there will be plenty more senior citizens out there in the sea. The even better news is that we live longer, and we are enjoying better and better health. 80% of seniors can expect to live healthy, productive lives, and it even gets better. Our aging population is better educated than it ever has been before, despite most of the dire predictions that the vast majority of seniors are better off financially than seniors have ever been in the history of humanity. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't challenges or that some of our seniors aren't living in poverty, but it does mean that we do have the wherewithal to ensure that seniors can live vitally rewarding lives and contribute to the health and well-being of our society in ways that we are only beginning to tap into. When the fish who have been caught by Jesus compelling good news swim off to other shores, when we are gone, there will be plenty of more fish in the seas. So let me ask you to think long and hard about this. Why aren't we casting our nets where the fish are? Have we been so obsessed with youth that we're willing to let schools and schools of fish swim past in vain hope that the minnows are more attractive because they alone can save us? While I'm at it, let me push you even further. When did any of this good news become about saving the institution? We have good news to share with people who have ears to listen. Most of us are getting up there in years, so we know the importance of dwelling in the questions of this life. Who are we? Where did we come from? Why are we here? Is there a creator or a God or a source or a reality that we are somehow connected with? Where are we going? What is justice? How do we stop violence? We can do. What can we do to ensure peace? What happens to us when we die? Where are we going? Are we going anywhere? Is there life beyond this life? What is love? Who am I? These are the questions that haunt our very existence. We have a contribution to make to conversations about that very nature of reality. We have wisdom to share. We have love to give. We have a hunger for justice and for peace. We can continue to be obsessed with youth, or we can embrace who we and what we are and live fully, love extravagantly, and become all we were created to be. I believe that this particular congregation has something special to offer. Lord knows we have the gray hairs, bald and balding heads, old bones, wisdom, generosity, and love, but we also have what so many people wish for in a congregation. We have an appetite for learning, and we are not afraid to dwell in our questions. We have the courage to try new things and fail if need be, and we have a passion for life, and we, are, and we certainly know how to play. Milagro is uniquely placed to be a church in the 21st century. When we worship together, stuff happens. We have our wonderful garden group. We have mission outreach and building relationships. We have wonderful volunteers. For music, we have faithful givers, and we have an incredible pastor, Marnie, to lead us. I hope that we can find the courage to play to our strengths. I know that we can meet our financial challenges, and I trust together that we can be a vital community. Please don't go away from this sermon thinking that I want us to focus solely on being senior congregation. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. We need all ages to be a vital and dynamic community. What I'm suggesting, if we be authentic to who we are, if we play to our many strengths, we will continue to be the kind of congregation which is attractive to all ages. Healthy communities are attractive. Communities who know who they are and who they serve are healthy communities. Healthy communities are able to play to their strengths. We don't need to become what we are not in order to survive. That doesn't mean we don't need to challenge ourselves to be more than we are. It does mean that we need to remain open to challenges of the world in which we live. But from time to time, we need to hold up a mirror and celebrate who we are. Milagro is fearfully and wonderfully made. We have so much potential, so many strengths, and yes, there is so much more we can be. I for one, can't wait to spread the good news. There are so very many fish in the sea, all sorts of varieties and ages, so let us follow Jesus, cast our nets widely. Let's play to our strengths, for we are great fishers and we, the most precious bait. the good news that the very heart of all, that is the divine reality that we call God and God is love. For everything there is a season. this is our season. Let's embrace it, let's live fully love extravagantly, and be all that we are created to be. And let's do it together in the midst of the one who is our lover, beloved, and love itself. Amen.